Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Savage Files. It's the day after Christmas and I hope you guys had such a beautiful Christmas with your families and got all of the gifts and iPads and iPad pens that you guys wanted. The news cycle has been really quiet the last week. Uh, before Christmas so we don't really have a whole lot you guys know I don't really talk about theories a whole lot but I wanted to take this time to talk about a couple of DMs and things that I have gotten that I don't really share on live and I don't really tell you guys a whole lot of my thoughts but I wanted to talk about a couple of things as we know and have heard the lovely crazy lady on TikTok is being sued by one of the professors on the U of I campus named Rebecca And so I went on a deep dive of this lady's TikTok and wow, I mean, it is, it's something special, that's for sure. And on the internet, I don't speculate, I don't spew a bunch of nonsense because I just don't really think it's productive it's hurtful to to families it's hurtful to people who are innocent um, especially when we're I mean we're talking about a hitman and we're talking about all these things now we know this lady on TikTok is pretty out there she's she's interesting she's an interesting lady um and I, I think it's interesting because this is I mean it's part of the reason why I don't share every DM that I get with the public But she says, I have proof, I have proof, but I can't show you guys the proof until I go to court and da-da-da-da and all this stuff. And I got a DM from somebody, and I will not name names, any names, really, in talking about this. And I think it's interesting because this person that I got a DM from lives in Boise. This person that I got a DM from claims to have known Jack and the Davids and gone to high school with them. And is, I'm not going to go too deep into detail, but is close with people who were close to the victims. I will not be naming any names and in this DM this person also did not name any names but just said that the word around town in the Boise Moscow area was that there was an email sent out after the incident happened and it made it sound like someone in the faculty was involved. I think this is super interesting because this teacher is suing this TikToker for defamation for saying that she was having an intimate relationship with one of the victims and put a hit out on one of the victims. With no backing, that's an insane accusation to make about anybody. Holy cow. Like this lady has some balls to be saying all of this about this teacher and she claims she has proof Uh, I mean show your receipts honey show the receipts but I think this is an interesting take because I personally have heard from multiple people in the Moscow Boise area that there's actual real backing behind why people believe it could have possibly been a teacher which is insane this is a good example of people who don't know how to walk a line and have boundaries should not be allowed to have a platform because that is a very serious accusation and they are accusations that I've received in my DMs but by no means would I come onto the internet and say that this is reliable not because the person is not a reliable source who is telling me this but because I have no backing besides some person who claims they know so and so so and so so and so said that this is true. Now, I'm not saying that I buy into a faculty member being involved in this, but like I said, there was a email that went out that had people questioning if a faculty member was involved. Also, this is the rumor that is being spread throughout Moscow and Boise, and I want to know why. Not saying that I believe it, but why is it a rumor? And why is it a rumor that people are believing? Not just the crazy lady on TikTok, but people in the town. Why are people believing this? It makes me very curious. 
And remember, a friend of a friend of a friend who knows a friend is not a reliable source. So take all of this information with a grain of salt. This is all alleged. I just kind of wanted to talk about it because I haven't talked about it. Now on to a DM that I received when I was on TikTok Live the other night. One of my lovely besties DM'd me some really interesting information that I wanted to read. Now remember, this is all speculation and a friend of a friend, so please take it with a grain of salt. The DM reads, I have something juicy. I cut hair and a client of mine knows one of the FBI agents on the Idaho case. He said they got him. They are planning on making an arrest soon. He said it's someone that will surprise us. She also said that this client is reliable, been friends with him for quite some time, and she's going to see if he knows anything else when they can talk some more. When I read this on TikTok Live, people immediately were like, who is it? Who do you think it is? Who would you be surprised if it was? There's two ways to interpret this. You can either interpret it as it's somebody that we know that you don't really suspect, like Bethany, or... It could be somebody that we've never even heard of, somebody that we've never even talked about. We don't even know that they exist, which I've said from the beginning, there's a good probability that it could always be somebody that we don't even know of. If it's somebody that we know, I feel like Bethany would really surprise me. Obviously, any of the parents, you guys, I don't believe the parents or families are involved. That would be a shocker for me. Obviously, it could go really either way. There's been this week a lot of people talking about Jack D all of a sudden. It's like Jack S really fell off the planet and Jack D is suspect number one. I've been seeing a lot of people say the fraternity, which the fraternity is high on my list as well. Honestly, at this point, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised about anybody because every day people get so upset with me because they say, what's your theories? We want to know your theories. And I'm like, my friend, I don't have a theory. My theory is somebody did it. (laughs) That's about as far as I can go because I don't know. Every day my mind changes on who it could be, why it could have been, who the Elantra belongs to. It really could be anybody. There's been so many twists and turns in this case. Nothing would surprise me except for Murphy. If Murphy did it, that would be a little shocking, I think. All right, let's get into some of the news articles that came out this week. I want to start with the article from Jack D's aunt's perspective. The aunt's name is Brooke Miller and she came out and spoke not necessarily on behalf of Jack D, but kind of on behalf of Jack D. It's really from her perspective. The article headline says, Vilified ex-boyfriend of slain Idaho student Kaylee Gonzalez is devastated. The man once considered a person of interest in the murder of his ex-girlfriend and three other University of Idaho students is crushed that he, in quotes, lost the love of his life and is devastated that some consider him a suspect in the slaughter. Speaking publicly for the first time, Brooke Miller said her nephew, Jack D, is currently surrounded by friends and family as he grieves Kaylee Gonzalez's murder. He not only lost the love of his life and what we all thought and he probably thought as well would be his future wife, you know, get married and have kids and all of that. But also half of America thinks he could be responsible for the heinous killings. Jack and Kaylee had been dating for five years when she broke things off with him just three weeks before she was murdered. Obviously he was sad, but they were still friends said the aunt, who would only say that Gonzalez was planning on moving away and that their split was amicable. Miller said that they're just the most ridiculous conspiracy theories and that we all know, beyond a shadow of doubt, that there's no way that Jack would ever do anything like that to anybody. Now, I totally understand everybody's want and will to protect somebody that they believe that they know. I hear it in my DMs all the time. I know so-and-so. They were so nice, even though I only talked to them 10 years ago. They were super nice. They could never do something like this. 
the Scott Petersons of the world and the Chris Watts of the world, everybody talked about these people and they said they're so nice, so charismatic, so friendly, would never hurt a fly. Those are the type of characteristics that are described when talking about a Chris Watts or a Scott Peterson. Even in my own personal life, I had a, a moment where I said that person, I've never seen them angry. I've never seen them aggressive. I've never seen them violent. They would never do something like this. And it turned out that indeed they did commit a heinous crime. So when I hear people say things like so-and-so could never do this because they're so nice, they're so kind, da 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 it doesn't mean that they're guilty. I just think that people don't realize that sometimes you don't know a person the way you think you know a person. You have a life with somebody, you create a life with somebody, you know somebody your entire life, your best friend, your siblings, and you want to always believe that they would never do anything like that. But at the end of the day, people are capable of ugly things. Now, by no means am I saying that Jack D is guilty. I'm just saying we should all be very careful when it comes to a crime so heinous to be so quick to say so-and-so could never or would never because we've seen so many times where that's not the truth. And I'm also curious as to the first interview or a person to speak out was not Jack D or a mother or a father. It was the aunt. And I don't know, maybe they're super close. I just think it's very random. I just hope it's not coming from a family member who is chasing cloud or wants recognition or wants their name out there. I hope it's genuine. And I wonder if Jack D will ever speak out. We have Kaylee and Maddie's memorial coming up on the 30th, so it'll be really interesting to see if he speaks out. He got a lot of backlash for not speaking at the vigil or the celebration of life. He went up on stage with Kaylee's family but didn't say a single word about her. And if he, I don't know. I just think I would say something. I would want this person caught. I would want to make sure that everybody has the most beautiful, lovely image of the, and quote, love of my life. I would want to speak. I'd want to scream from the rooftops how amazing this person was and how badly we want to find the person who did it. I know it's so random, but I think about once a suspect is arrested, if Jack D is cleared completely, will he come out and talk about what happened that night and the days leading up to it? Will he say anything about it? Will he always remain quiet? I would I think I would want to clear my name. Have you guys seen how close Jack D's residence was from 1122 King Road. I didn't know until a few days ago that he quite literally lived one house down. Like not the next house over, but the next one on the corner of the street. You can see Kaylee's sliding glass door and the second floor glass door from Jack's residence. He was that close to them when this incident happened. And if he is innocent, which I'm not saying he's guilty, if he's innocent, that must be haunting to know that this heinous act was happening quite literally a stone's throw away. That's traumatizing. And in the article, Jack's Ann is saying that he lost the love of his life and he's grieving and he's all of these things. But why wasn't it said in the article anything along the lines of he missed all of their phone calls and he was devastated. He felt like maybe he could have done something to save them if he answered the phone calls. You know, now he has to be haunted for the rest of his life knowing maybe they were calling for help or maybe he could have gone over there or maybe this wouldn't have happened if he was around. You know what I mean? Is it just me? Either way, the article gave us a whole lot of nothing. Thing, just like the rest of this case, just like the rest of everything that police have provided us with, a whole lot of nothing. Speaking of a whole lot of nothing, Brian Enton 
substituted for Dave Abrams the other night on News Nation, and he got to interview the police chief. And the police chief gave a whole lot of nothing. I was hoping, which that was my first mistake, was hoping that they would give us anything new. Anything new. I mean, they don't even have to name a suspect, but just tell us anything. Instead, the police chief went on and was like, yeah, we don't have a suspect. We don't even know where the suspect is. (laughs) What? The amount of people who freaked out in my DMs and were like, oh my gosh, they don't even have a suspect. They don't even know. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Oh my gosh. A disaster. And then after that horrible interview, Banfield was on and we all watched it together. And that was just as bad as the interview with the police chief. It was, I mean, all week, Banfield has been reaching, reaching, reaching for any story to be irrelevant to this case. And I respect Ashley Banfield. You guys know I love Ashley Banfield, but it's been rough watching, yeah, watching Banfield at night. I'm, I've been skipping it. But we did have the Uber driver, taxi driver, who drove Kaylee and Maddie home from the food truck in the corner club that evening, speak out for the first time. And it wasn't a real long article, so I won't even bother reading it all to you. But in the article, he says that he's devastated, that he gave them rides home frequently. He felt like his job was to get them home safely. And instead, he feels like he drove them to their death that evening and that they weren't safe and it made him feel awful. And and he's been replaying it in his mind over and over and over again. It was a normal car ride. Nothing seemed awry. Nothing seemed like there was a problem. They were just two girls very excited to go home and eat their food. I can't even imagine what that driver feels or is going through kind of that survivor's guilt mentality, I imagine, of why why them and not me? Why didn't they survive? Why didn't they tell me that there was something that they were scared of? Why didn't I pick up on it? Why didn't I see somebody walking around? Why wasn't I more vigilant? Why didn't I have a camera on my car? I mean, there are a million different scenarios that this poor Uber driver could be playing through his head. And ugh, it's just gut-wrenching because you just know that he's he lays awake at night saying, I wish I would have done something. I wish I could have saved them. And that was kind of the response that I thought that the Jack D article would have. You know, I lived right. I, I was right there. I lived so close. I probably, if I had looked through this window, I could have seen who done it. I, I, I wish I was awake. I wish I could have saved their lives or called 911 or anything. I'm going to get off this Jack D thing now, but you know, you get it. Anyone who was in the house, any of the neighbors in the surrounding areas, the Uber driver, even anybody at the food truck, I'm sure they all live with this. Why didn't I see something? Why didn't I hear something? why couldn't I have done something mentality because I know I would if I were them. Any normal right-minded person would live with that. Gosh, why didn't I see something more? Why couldn't I have helped them? I can't even imagine what it's like going through all of that and my heart goes out to everybody affected by this tragedy. Everybody and the families. We just had Christmas and you know, it makes you want to hug your family members a little tighter. It makes you want to be a little more thankful. We also saw this week Kaylee's Range Rover be driven off the the lot, the city lot, where they were holding it in a safe, secure place to extract any evidence, any DNA out of the vehicles. I heard that Xana's car was also released. I don't know if all of them were released. I just know that I, I definitely for sure saw the article where Kaylee's vehicle was being released. I don't know why Kaylee's vehicle would have been released, but not the rest of them. Maybe because Kaylee's vehicle was so new, there's less DNA in it. Maybe there's only Kaylee and her parents' DNA in it. Maybe the other vehicles have way more people in the vehicles. I'm not really certain. 
so I, I don't want to speak too heavily on it, but I do know that it's it's so sad watching Kaylee's vehicle drive away. It was really like for me, it really hit home when detectives towed the vehicles to the lot and removed them from the front of the house. It just it just felt so real. Like this house was so full of life and so full of laughter. And now it's this haunting, awful crime scene. I'm sure Kaylee's family, as well as all the victims' families, will want to hang on to all their vehicles. I I know I wouldn't have the heart to get rid of it. It would be over my cold, dead body. You would get this vehicle back because, you know, it's their last vehicle they ever drove. And Kaylee especially, like, part of the reason she went back to Moscow was to show Maddie her vehicle, her new Range Rover that she got. She was so proud of it and so excited about it. I, it would just be so hard for me as a parent to give that back. All right, friends, that's all I really have for you today on this episode. I know it's probably the shortest one that I've done so far and hopefully none of them remain to be under 20 minutes or around 20 minutes I really want to keep it at that 30 plus mark it's just right before Christmas nothing new really has been happening and I don't want to sit here and just talk a bunch of mumbo jumbo and bore you guys so I'd rather just cut it a little bit and end early I know I say this all the time but I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for supporting this podcast for supporting any of my content on any of my platforms you guys are the absolute bees knees and i appreciate it so so much i worked so hard on providing you guys good content um that you guys can rely on so thank you guys so much for listening to this episode and i hope to see you guys on the next episode of savage files also happy new year because i don't think i'm gonna see you before 2023